0: Welcome to the iConnect with Baxter Canada podcast. This is where we connect with healthcare providers from various clinical settings to learn more about how they are leading through innovation, protocol development, and integration of evidence to provide excellent clinical care to their patients. Join the conversation with your hosts from Medical Affairs at Baxter Canada. Welcome. Today I am joined by my co-host and colleague from Medical Affairs at Baxter, Canada, Mohamed Al-Soukni. Our topic for discussion today is the use of plasticizers and medical devices. Specifically, our focus will be on the use of these in infusion administration sets and IV containers. There is a growing concern and interest in understanding the safety profile of these plasticizers, and our goal for today is to provide you with the current evidence that is available. So thank you, Mohamed, for joining me. Um, maybe we can start with a brief introduction, Mohammed, of your background and um, experience.
1: Sure, yeah. So I'm a pharmacist by background, and I have been working for the past six years uh, as a medical science liaison with Baxter with the medication delivery team.
0: Fantastic. Um, so we'll jump right in, and we'll start with uh, hopefully the easier questions at, at the beginning, and that is, what is PVC?
1: So PVC is uh, short for polyvinyl chloride, and it's uh, the world's third most produced synthetic polymer. Uh, It's created from the polymerization of the monomer vinyl chloride, which is derived from natural resources, oil, and salt.
0: And how is PVC used in medical devices now?
1: Well, because of its strength, uh, durability, flexibility, and relatively low cost, PVC has been used in medical devices for decades. Uh, it actually allows patients access to safe, affordable uh, healthcare products. It's an easily sterilized and highly versatile material whose physical properties can be adapted to suit a wide variety of patient needs and applications.
0: Um, can you tell us more about what exactly plasticizers are?
1: Sure, yeah. So, plasticizers are chemicals added to plastics to impart flexibility. Historically, PVC has been most commonly plasticized with a group of chemicals known as phthalates. However, due to a growing body of evidence associating phthalates with potential health and environmental effects, regulatory bodies and customer preferences are shifting towards non-phthalate alternatives. So an example of a plasticizer is DHP.
0: What are some products that DHP is frequently used in?
1: So DHP is used in many types of medical products. Uh, That could include storage bags for IV, blood and nutrition. It could be used in IV infusion sets, hemodialysis tubing, PVC exam gloves, syringes, and so on. The list goes on. So the flexibility thus provided by DEHP is really essential for the ease of use of these products.
0: What are some of the concerns with the use of DEHP?
1: So there's a robust scientific body of evidence that supports the safe usage of DHP for most patient populations. However, um, male fetuses, neonates, and peripubertal males are populations that may have increased risk associated with DHP exposure.
0: Is there another option for use in medical devices?
1: Yes, yes. There's DHT, which is a non-phthalate plasticizer, and it was designed specifically to comply with medical device regulations. Uh, DEHT has been studied in animal models, although further evidence is required. The available toxicity data indicates that it's not expected to pose any health or environmental risks.
0: Okay, so from my understanding, based on what you've just said, Mohamed, uh, DHT is an alternative to DEHP. What is the primary difference between those two and why would clinicians be concerned?
1: Well, I'd say because of its clean toxicological profile and strong performance characteristics, DEHT is an excellent non-phthalate plasticizer and it can replace phthalates in most applications such as DEHP. Uh, For example, DEHT has widely replaced phthalate plasticizer in sensitive applications such as medical devices, and children's toys.
0: Okay, interesting. So I'm understanding more that really the risk of exposure is primarily focused around what seems like children, and that's why the push to move away from the use of these plasticizers in medical devices, children's toys, et cetera. Um, So what is driving uh, the decision for consumers or clinicians to really move away from PVC?
1: Well, concerns around the use of PVC in medical applications have predominantly been associated with the presence of phthalates, such as DEHP, uh, which have been associated with health issues in animal studies. However, there has been a shift in production of PVC to incorporate non-phthalate alternative plasticizers, such as DHT. So in reality, uh, there isn't... uh, a core risk with PVC itself. It's more related to the addition of uh, phthalate plasticizers such as DHP.
0: And so just for my understanding, if we're talking about PVC, that is sort of the base product. And the reason why we're adding these plasticizers is to improve the flexibility so that the the product is less rigid.
1: Exactly. That that's correct. So it's uh, we have a base of the PVC and The addition of the DEHP, which is a phthalate, or the uh, non-DHP plasticizer are both just meant to uh, add that flexibility to the container.
0: Okay, excellent. Uh, This definitely helped me understand why uh, these products are necessary and um, understand more about why we would choose one over the other. Um, Are there any concerns from a clinician standpoint or a patient standpoint with the delivery of parental medications?
1: Well, PVC medical devices containing DEHP or DEHT are compatible with over 200 IV drugs, uh, according to the ASHP Handbook of Injectable Drugs. And uh, this includes many common classes like analgesics, electrolytes, antibiotics and antivirals, hormones, chemotherapy, sedatives and anesthetics, and more classes out there.
0: What are the causes of potential incompatibilities of these of other medications that aren't listed?
1: Well, certain drug formulations may be incompatible with PVC medical devices because they may be leaching uh, the plasticizer into the solution. And this can occur uh, due to a number of factors. For example, the pH and formulation with certain surfactants such as polysorbate 80 may contribute to this leaching. Another factor that may cause incompatibility is the adsorption of drugs to the surface of the bag or absorption of drugs into the polymer itself.
0: Are there any specific drugs that um, clinicians should be most concerned about?
1: Yeah, I'd say for leaching, um, drugs like amiodarone, uh, propofol, docetaxel, um, vitamin A, Cyclosporin are all known to potentially cause leaching.
0: And for the absorption?
1: And in terms of absorption, um, drugs like calcitriol, diazepam, uh, nitroglycerin, uh, vitamin A, and isosorbide dinitrate have all been implicated uh, to be absorbed by the polymer.
0: So in those situations where you're giving those medications potentially, you'd really want to consult with, all of the members of the interdisciplinary health team to make sure that the product that was being used was the most appropriate and compatible with the drugs being delivered, minimizing any risk to patients um, or potentially unborn fetuses um, and that type of thing.
1: Precisely, and this is where uh, really considering the use of a non-PVC product makes sense. So most applications using a PVC product uh, is perfectly fine, as we've seen with the l- long list of compatible drugs. But in these specific instances, a non-PVC product may be warranted.
0: Thank you, Mohammed. This has been a, a fantastic conversation, and I know I have learned a lot um, based on our discussion. And I hope our listeners uh, will have as taken away as much information as I have.
1: All right. Well, thanks for having me.
0: Thank you, Mohammed. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss our next episode. Please reach out to us by email if you have any questions, comments, or feedback. If you are interested in reviewing any additional information, we have included the links to some of the references utilized in the description of this podcast. Thank you for joining us for the episode of I Connect with Baxter. All of the opinions and experiences expressed in this episode are those of the guest speaker and do not necessarily reflect those of Baxter Canada. If there are other areas of interest you would like to see included on future podcasts, please email those to iconnect.baxter.com.